On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. Hey, podcast listeners, Ethan Millard and Alex Curie here from the Nightside Project podcast here at KSL Podcast. Get into Zen Headlines with us on the Nightside Project. Use hashtag Zen Headlines on social media to share stories that make you think, make you smile, spread love, spread joy, all those things. We'll share them on the Nightside Project podcast. One of the most popular podcasts ever. Nightside is a KSL podcast. Subscribe for free anywhere you listen to podcasts. You know, I I found that um, you know when somebody will propose something or share something that they feel like needs to change, and, and I'm kind of stuck in my in my rut, so to speak. Then then what I've got to you know I found it really helpful to to actually write down what it is that they're seeing and why that's important to them. Like literally open a you know crack open a Google Doc and start to write it down. There's a power in not just talking about it, but in actually seeing it together and then talking through it. Um, at that point. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, we've got Ryan Sanders, co-founder and COO of Bamboo HR. Ryan, thanks for making time. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Jess. So you guys, for people who don't know you, been around 10 years, you know, almost 12,000 customers. You're in 100 countries. I think your stuff is translated into 11 languages. Um, anything I'm leaving out there for, for major wins for the company? Oh, it's a great start. Um, so when you think about the show here, leadership and people, um, you guys have a, a bit of a different approach to business. Um, can, can you talk about that approach and, and in your mind how that relates to leadership and people? You bet. So, you know, one of the, one of the things for us that's, uh, that's essential, obviously, is people. And it's easy to say it's one of those things that's been talked about, given lip, lip service to over, over years and years. You'll see it in all kinds of uh, management and leadership uh, books. And articles, uh, but we, we really try to put uh, put that practice to, to work and actually have bet on this uh, as part of the way that we we grow a business. Um, you know, our focus is we definitely emphasize uh, not only just just the people aspect and making sure that people are important and feel valued and can contribute and are engaged in the work, but that they they know that we care about them. Um, that that it is it is we know that that, that the individuals are the ones that. Uh, are achieving uh, the various, you know, our various objectives and goals, and uh, we want to make sure we give them the right, right time and right attention, and and make sure they know that they're cared for. So you're right. There are a lot of people that talk about that, um, and it is easy to pay lip service to it. Um, I get the sense that you guys have maybe taken it to the next level a little bit. Are there some examples that you can share with us? Yeah. So I guess there's a few things that that, that we think about a lot. Um, from a communication aspect, we're uh, you know, we're we're big on the idea of crucial conversations. Um, a lot of the folks here have read the book Crucial Conversations, um, but we actually put it into practice, um, not only in our kind of day to day, but uh, but we've we've implemented that as part of our, our, our core values. So we have uh, two core values that tie into this. One is assume the best. 
and the second is uh, be open. Assume the best is is for us critical in that if somebody says something in a meeting or or in a presentation that is offensive or frustrating or whatever, um, we, we we kind of take the approach that hey every everybody's trying to do the right thing. Let's just let's start from there that assumption, um, but still go have the conversation, and then that's where be open comes in, which is you know yes if you and I are in a meeting and you said something crazy and I'm 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 freaking out and then you know it's on me to afterwards to pull you aside and say hey Jess you said this and it felt like this or it made me think this you know what what's what's going on and uh nine times out of ten you know it's just an interpretation it's something that got miscommunicated or a misunderstanding and rather than me just sitting there getting frustrated and wound up over this thing um you and i have a chance to talk and we kind of nip it in the bud right uh, right from the beginning and we encourage these conversations all over the organization we try to live them um, you know, I had I had one just a couple of days ago with a guy who I thought was really frustrated with me, and it turned out he was uh, it was nothing. It was he, he didn't even realize he was kind of kind of looking at me weird, and he apologized, and and uh, now now we kind of joke about it that he he gives me an extra big smile when I walk by him in the hall. So uh, it's it's that that is really foundational because we kind of again another one of our one of our our bets or or one of the premises of, of of how we do business is that most problems are in business are, are communication problems. So that's, that's one big one for us. Uh, another, you know, another one is, you know, we try to think of benefits and, and things um, that help, help employees. Um, we've done a couple of different things that are, are somewhat unique. You know, there are a few others that do it, but, uh, but they're really important to us because of what we hope that it accomplishes. One is we offer a paid paid vacation. Um, basically it's a, it's a bonus uh, bonus, you know, kind of reimbursement for taking a vac- uh, pay, uh, vacation. So we hope that uh, people go make memories with the people they loved. And as long as the employees on the vacation, we don't care if you take grandma or your spouse or, uh, you know, your your kids or or you go with your brother or sister or whatever. So we've had people take amazing trips all over the world or even just here in Utah, just experiencing new things and making those memories. And and you know, could we put those? Could we put those dollars in in another you know kind of benefit program? Sure, but uh, but we we feel like uh, these kind of memories that people make when they're on vacation are the things that hold uh, the glue that holds relationships together. Um, so that's just a, a couple. Yeah, so that's a really interesting one. What what are the parameters? What are the rest of the details on that? Yeah, so you you know it's it it is taxed like a bonus, um, but uh, basically you know if it's plane tickets, cruise tickets hotel, you know, uh, restaurants, things like that, uh, you, you turn in up to, up to $2,000 and, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, you know, we'll do that bonus bonus out. And then, and, uh, you know, the only thing we don't do are like sunscreen and Bermuda shorts. Those are, those are on you to, to pay for. So, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's one of those great opportunities. We've seen t- people take longer vacations uh, because of it or explore, you know, kind of different areas of the world that, uh, that, that, you know, this world's an amazing world. So it's, it's fun to watch people go explore it and have, uh, have exposure to, uh, new and exciting cultures and, and then come back, uh, refreshed and, and ready to go. And, and so that, that they're eligible for that every year. That's awesome. Well, um, you know, another thing I want to talk about is, um, we were chatting for just a minute before getting going here about this being your 10th year in business. And, um, you know, according to the entrepreneurial stats, you know, with this being your first business, you probably shouldn't be lasting this long, you know, statistically, right? Sure. And I want to talk about something that, that you brought up earlier about maybe having a little bit of a, 
you know, not having quite the same focus on the almighty dollar that maybe other entrepreneurs have. And, and if you feel like that's part of the reason you've lasted so long or, or any, just any insights you have about maybe why you've beat the entrepreneurial statistics uh, as opposed to other folks. Yeah, I, well, it's, it's a really great question. And, and I, I certainly, uh, you know, there's always an element, at least in my opinion, there's, a, there's always an element of luck uh, for any, any entrepreneur that's successful, you know, kind of the right time, right place. And, and definitely there's, there's an element of that. When we started in 2008, you know, for small to medium business, there weren't a lot of options for HR software online. And uh, so we, we kind of fit into a really nice, a really nice niche. Um, that that has proved to be uh, proved to be proved to be successful. Um, so there's an element of that. There's an element of of luck even in just running across wonderful entrepreneurs here in Utah that have uh, been very uh, you know very kind with their time and 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 you know sharing thoughts and ideas even as we're just getting started. Um, yeah, but the other thing for us is you know we Ben and I didn't start this to 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 make money. We we started it because we wanted to work together. We started it because we we felt like we wanted to to be able to create a, a great product and serve our customers exceptionally well. And uh, and at the end of the day, it all kind of boils down to to create a, an enduring great company. Um, that kind of alignment from the get-go and for the last 10 years has never wavered. And it is awesome to be able to come to work every day, have a partner I'm totally aligned with and not worry, you know, if he's trying to do something uh, wonky or if he's excited to take the business in a particular direction that, uh, that, that maybe we don't agree on. So that it, it creates a foundation for our partnership that, that permeates through the organization and, and, and people know uh, one that, you know, we're a couple of goofballs, but, uh, but two that we, we care very deeply about the product we're building and, and very deeply about our customer. And, uh, and we absolutely love, love our team. So um, that focus is, is interesting because we end up making long-term decisions rather than short-term decisions. We still, you know, make plans and, and figure out what we want to commit to quarter by quarter but uh, we're always looking for the long term because we just plan on being around. We're not trying to flip it. We're not trying to go public. Uh, we're not trying to raise a bunch of money. We are trying to do the, do the right thing and grow in the ways that make sense and place certain things like culture and people um, at the top of the list when it comes to the decisions we make uh, rather, than, rather than, hey, how do we just juice uh, revenue numbers? So what's an example of where that might show up? Um, we've, you know, it's, it, it's 10 years, uh, you know, you might hear some wonderful, wonderful stories of companies who've just had incredible hockey stick growth in, in both revenue and employees in, in the first two or three years. Um, there, there've been many times where we've sat down. In fact, one specific example is when we sat down and at one point and we said, Hey, we could, we could go hire a hundred sales reps today. You know, and I think we were probably, we were probably around 25, 30 sales reps at the time. And, uh, and we said, no, we, we can't absorb that uh, as an organization right now. And so, you know, we made a more conservative uh, hiring projection and went and executed against that. But we chose, you know, sales reps, you know, at least for us, because of the way our marketing machine works and some other things, uh, sales reps equal, equal additional revenue for the organization. But we recognized very, very quickly that uh, that would start to, to shake and, and maybe uh, maybe slowly destroy some of the foundations we've built. And so we chose to, to grow a little slower um, in an effort to preserve those things. Um, and so, uh, and, and so how many, by the way, how many staff are you at total? Uh, we're at about 400 employees now. 
And so how does that impact the way you're creating the product, you know, this HR product for small and medium businesses online, having, well, you know, going through the, the growth yourself? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it really, again, forces you to make uh, really wise decisions when you, when you have, when you have those constraints, um, there's a lot more creativity that comes to play, uh, those constraints on a number of employees. Uh, and so we have to get really smart about what we choose to do and, uh, and make sure we get those things done and then move on to the next thing. Um, so there's that, that allows for additional, you know, additional creativity, additional planning, and then just laser focus. Um, in fact, you know, one of the, one of the key things for our success, um, has been over the last several years, we've, we've come up with an annual theme to kind of rally the company around. Um, you know, the, the year that we, we saw some really impressive growth and some, and some exciting changes inside of our organizations was uh, when we focused on execution and we had this mantra of, of choose, focus, finish, repeat. And that CFFR uh, mantra was one that everybody across the organization repeated. And it was this idea that you might see in a book like, uh, 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 oh, I'm trying to think what the book was. I'm, I'm, I'm freezing here. Don't um, worry. But it'll, it'll uh, come you to you as soon as the interview is over. Gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's the uh, gosh, I can't even remember the name of the book. And I'm so excited. Can, about can it. you repeat those words again? You said them kind of fast. I just want to. Yeah, choose, focus, finish, repeat. Okay. And so the idea is you 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 prioritize well, and you make a selection of which thing you need to do. Then you focus on that thing, and then you actually get it done. Get it get it across the finish line. Because um, we tend to we tend to we tend to feel like we're moving lots of initiatives forward inches instead of feet or miles. And if you, if we focus on just a handful of initiatives that we get those things done and then we're able to benefit from those things going forward. And so that kind of discipline um, is one of those things that it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain how important that is and how much that's had an impact on us. Um, Cause we used to be in the mode of let's start a whole bunch of things and we, we get, we get, we get them done. We get some done, but we, you know, they take a long time. And when we're focused as an organization, then uh, on a handful of things, then those things become really powerful. Yeah. You know um, this idea of putting people first and, and building a, a culture, it's, it's obviously something that people talk about like crazy. Um, is there a time that you can think of where that was a hard decision or is there can, can you think of like an instance when the constraints of the business were really, were really giving you some pushback on, on, you know, make the money or stick to the, stick to the purpose there? No, fortunately we've, we've just been aligned from the beginning so that, that it's, uh, it's never been an issue. The, the interesting thing has been when we have new, uh, new, new folks join the organization, especially you know, what we call the broad shouldered folks uh, where it's kind of senior leadership and things like that. Uh, where they come in and they come from uh, organizations that, that only focus on the revenue and don't take the whole picture into account. It's at those times that we've had to have some conversations and explain why we feel like this is the, this is the path that we want uh, to follow, uh, that this strategy is one that'll work. Um, again, we've certainly, we've certainly been lucky or fortunate or blessed, um, but at the same time, um, we feel like that there's an awful lot of balance when we, we focus on, on those things first, um, uh, rather than just revenue and the revenue ultimately is, is an output anyway, it's an output of whatever we do. And so, um, fortunately it feels like we've, we've grown, uh, in a, you know, while, all the while, uh, continuing to focus on these things. Yeah. So, you know, humans and changing is something a lot of, you know, it's not always a comfortable 
thing, right? So I'm interested with these folks who've been successful in the past, maybe with some different habits, when when they come over and things are different. Can you talk about any things that you do or any of your leadership philosophy to help them maybe pave some new roads over old ruts? Yeah, that's a wow. That is a great question. Um, it's it's and frankly, it's an area that we need to continue to do better in. Um, we we um, a lot of people when they come over at all parts in all parts of the organization, um, they they come over and they see kind of our our mission, they see our vision, they see our values, um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, those are those are cute, those are nice. You know, we've heard great things about bamboo, but <laughs> but we'll see if we'll see if you know they they actually live it. And then we'll get emails just out of the blue. Ben and I will, you know, just like, I, you know, I've been here for two months. And I just want you to know that it's, it's the real deal. Um, and those are some of the most humbling kinds of, uh, kinds of feedback that we can get because it's, it's our greatest desire that we are true, that we, we do have some integrity as far as what we say we value and then what, how we actually behave. Um, so those things are, 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 you know, are one of those things that we just treasure and cherish uh, because it's, it's actually working. But, but, when the, when those don't happen, when when there are kind of you know bumps up against the culture or up against the values, um, then we have to have conversations. So you know it's again go, it's those crucial conversations that are so essential where I can sit down with a senior leader who might have found success in another organization, and say, hey, the reason that we don't do it that way here is this, rather than just say, hey, we don't want to change. You know, we want to be open to those kinds of things because we want all the goodness that anybody can bring from anywhere else. Sit down and say, "Here's the reason why. Let's talk about it more. Why? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? And why are you feeling like there's no, you're not finding success here? Or why are you feeling like there's a better way? And if there is a better way, let's let's adapt, uh, which fits perfectly into one of our other values, which is grow from good to great. We we believe very firmly in that, on both a personal and a professional level. Any any tips for the rest of us leaders who? maybe feel like we worked hard to get this our way and, and maybe we want to become more humble in listening to the ideas of, of new folks in the organization. That's a, that's a hard one. Cause I like to be right, but sometimes that gets <laughs> yeah, me away. too. Me too. Apparently <laughs> it gets in the way of, of, of listening. I, you know, I've, I found that, um, you know, when somebody will propose something or share something that they feel like needs to change and, and I'm kind of stuck in my, in my rut, so to speak, then, then what I've got to, you know, I found it really helpful to, to actually write down what it is that they're seeing and why that's important to them. Like literally open it, you know, crack open a Google doc and start to write it down. There's a power in not just talking about it, but in actually seeing it together and then talking through it um, at that point. I find when I do that and when I allow, you know, and I'll explain to, to individuals that I'm sitting down, this is what I'm doing. So it's not like, you know, I'm not trying to surprise them or trick them and win them over just to my idea, but, but it helps them understand that I'm truly trying to understand. Um, so, you know, there's a, Ben, Ben actually has a great quote on his wall. It says, that, you know, we need to make sure that we're listening to understand rather than to respond. Um, and, and that's something that we think about a lot. And, and it's something that I've, I've trying to, you know, especially this year, just, just tried to practice a lot because I, I, I can have some of those natural tendencies to think, Hey, my way is the right way. But there's, again, there's something magical about having, uh, having a document open where, you know, clear, clear statement of the problem or clear statement of the opportunity and then talk through it from that perspective, because often in conversation we get lost and, uh, and we start to argue emotion um, or start to, to exclude facts. And, and then there's not an opportunity to uh, kind of let the best idea win. 
So I'm really interested in this idea of, of working on it. You, you know, we're all familiar with how meaningful repetitions build the new neural pathways and the 10,000 hours and, you know, all this kind of books about habits in the business literature, right? I'm interested what that looks like for you. Is it is it something you think about before the conversation? Is it through a conversation you're monitoring yourself and asking, am I, am I listening for understanding or am I listening to respond? Is it evaluation afterwards or what, what does it look like? For you to to work on yeah that. it's it's it, yeah it's kind of a it's kind of an ever present thing I you know a few years ago I got some in 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 and again another crucial conversation I got some feedback from one of our recruiters and she said Ryan we need you to think out loud please think out loud I thought what do you mean she said you I, I can tell that you're thinking about it and I know that your personality is one that you need to uh, you need time to process and 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 to think of your response. But there's times when it really makes sense for you to share your raw and unfiltered opinions. And it was really insightful, uh, really insightful for me to, to learn that. And, you know, she even gave me a, a little post-it note that said, PTO, please think out loud. And I stuck that on my monitor. And, and ever since then, I've done similar things where, you know, if there's something I'm trying to work on, like, like the listening, then I, uh, I make sure that that's, you know, it's either on a post-it note or it's on a goal, you know, where I, where I put my goals. And it's just something that's ever present. And, and I, because of that, I, I, I use every single opportunity to, uh, to practice. Um, and now that doesn't mean that I get it right from the, from the start of the conversation, um, but I will catch myself uh, and, then, and, then, uh, and then work on it. Um, if I don't, and there are the occasions where I don't even, you know, I just kind of, kind of bull rush through a, through a conversation um, I feel like I'm, you know, one of the things I do to help me stay committed to this is I, I'll, I'll let the person know and apologize that I didn't listen. So I try to, you know, send them an email or next time I see them, I'll catch them and just say, Hey, I, I didn't do a very good job at this and I apologize and I'll do better. And so, What's because I don't reaction? like, uh, they're usually, usually surprised, um, you know, get, get a note, to get a note from me and, and be like, uh, I don't know that you need to apologize. So uh, but, but for me, it's important because I want to know them that, uh, I want to know, I want them to know that I value them, um, and that I'm working on these things and, uh, you know, nobody likes to apologize. So it's a good reminder for me to, to be careful during my conversations. That's awesome. Well, I think this is a great place to, to end part one of the interview. Um, so everybody, please, please tune back in. We're going to be asking Ryan a bunch more of these kind of questions, learn how to become humble. I like it. <laughs>